0: Hello, and welcome to The Psychic Salon. I'm your host, Rose, and thank you so much for joining me today. Today on my show, I have Marcella Webster as my guest. Uh, Marcella and I actually met through the Nirvana Apprenticeship, and I was so excited when she said she was going to come on the show and talk about her experiences because um, she very much impressed me with her psychic abilities throughout the apprenticeship. Um, A little bit about Marcella. She is a transformational health and life coach. Um, She is offering hour-long coaching sessions. So if anybody's interested, um, her style of coaching is, to me, so beautiful because um, she uses spirit to help see what, what's going on with people and where the roadblocks might be coming up for them. So it is not any sort of traditional, um, health or fitness, um, or life coaching. She really, um, is able to tap into something different, um, and help you. And to me, it's amazing. I actually wanted to call her myself right after this. I was like, I think I need you in my life as, as a coach. But, um, she, is at marcella.coaching on Instagram. And she also is marcella.coaching.com. Check her out there. But um, I hope you guys enjoy. Hi, Marcella. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Hello, Rose. Thank you so much for having me today. Uh, I'm
0: excited. Um, I met you through um, the apprenticeship. I met so many wonderful people. Like It really was cool because in a time when I we were all stuck inside. I met some of the greatest people and you guys are kind of all scattered all over. So I love yes. that that way.
1: Yeah. It ended up being a really amazing little soul tribe and certainly no accident that we were brought together and it's how similar and unique our own energies are. It was such, it was a great blend in that, um, apprenticeship. So, uh, yeah, it felt special. I'm, it, it did. Really it did and it still does. It, we still get to um keep these connections and um so it's really wonderful.
0: So um I know we're gonna have a lot to talk about, but I always like to kind of start with like a moment, and maybe you already have something in your head, but kind of what was like one of the first times you're like, wait a minute, I do feel psychic, <laughs> or you started to trust something and things unfolded. You have a moment like that. Well,
1: it's so funny. I love, I, I always loved to hear, especially in our training and, um, it, you know, really sort of, you know, when I can like always sort of go, Oh, that's, a, you know, such a powerful psychic. And you hear them say, Oh, I always talk to my spirit guides. And I always knew I saw, I saw dead people and my, you know, my dead grandmother would come and sit at my bed every night. Right. Like, yes. um, and, I have to tell you, I was not at all that person at all. Um, I and I thought as I thought about that, what I sort of and this is just my unique perspective on it. I can track the moments where I was intuitive all along, and to me, being psychic has just a little bit of a a different energy to it, right? For me, that intuition is that that inner guidance, that sense of knowing for, for no reason at all. And being able to perceive something that might be coming into your field. And a lot of times for me, the intuition wasn't something that I called in. It just would happen. It would be a voice in my head or, um, and to me the psychic, and as I've learned that skill and honed that skill It's sort of an extension of that intuition. And I believe we all are psychic and we all are intuitive. Um, But to me, the the psychic energy wasn't something I was really, I um, I loved that other people could do it, but I didn't realize how much I could tap into it. Um, so, so for me, that intuition, when I was little was having a sense of knowing something was going to happen, like a premonition. Mm. And, and that would be like an example. What, and I never thought it was unusual, but I'll give you an example. Like I spent a lot of my, my childhood, I, I had a very dear friend who was like a sister to me. She was my best friend and her name is Jessie. And Jesse and I would be like, you know, one time we were out on her family's boat down in Florida And I just looked at her and I said, what if this boat runs out of gas? And she looked at me like I was crazy. And like a second later, the boat ran out of gas. And we were like stuck in the middle of the ocean.
0: I mean, we got that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, And another time, like this is naughty. We were, you know, a little bit older. We were like preteens. And I think one of us found a cigarette and we were smoking a cigarette. And we were back in this area, like where no one would find us. And I said, what if your parents drive by? And sure enough, her freaking parents drove right by like a second lane and it freaked her out. To me, it was just normal. And it was like, I didn't even think twice about it, but it freaked her out enough that she noticed it and would tell me like, you know, she definitely sensed some kind of witchy woo woo energy there that, um, that she defined as unusual. And for me, it was just normal. Um, so I can, I can kind of track that back to early on. And the other thing I think is kind of cool is I've realized my father is intuitive and, and psychic. And I think a lot of times that goes through the, a family line and I didn't realize it until this training. And then I've started to really think about my father and watching his moments of really being tuned into an intuitive, um, an intuitive sense. So, um, yeah, I I didn't realize that I had sort of psychic gifts. I I had a lot of unusual experiences. Um, I had a wonderful stepmother who had me doing yoga at a very early age when nobody did it in the in the 80s. And then she took me to do past life regressions and like all that kind of cool oh, yeah. stuff. When, when I was 17, I had a, a near death experience where I almost d- drowned and I I went, I saw, <laughs> I had that sort of life flashing before your eyes moment. And so I had lots of unusual experiences. And um, I think that may be u- unique to people who are intuitive and psychic. Like the veil is thinner for us and we have more moments yes.
0: that just aren't explainable. But I love that you even bring that up because I think that's one of the things it's so if it's so common and then you don't even think twice about it sometimes it's like hard to see ourselves or what's unique to us right like, oh maybe other people have these moments and I mean I do think everybody does in their own way maybe but um or if you're just more sensitive to certain things but like I I think that happens a lot so it can be hard to identify it as Something special,
1: <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and and you know, I really turned off any sense of intuitive guidance um when I was like by the time I'd gone to college i was I was really not operating from intuition and i and I really turned it off um until my old my oldest child who's eighteen now has special needs and when she was born, n- more unusual phenomena started to occur. And, and that's when I was really felt the presence of something guiding me through my choices and through my life. And so I really had a, a, a stretch of years where I was just kind of like every, just operating kind of blindly, you know, just putting one foot in front of the other. Making yeah the the terrible choices you make in college and you know like doing 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 life like that and um and then it and then it re it found me again and I and I what I would really love for your audience to hear is a lot of times I I had there were things that happened to me or choices that I made where I kind of didn't have any other choice about it it was like these moments where I would I would decide to do something very different that. I can't explain, except that it was like my little, my spirit guides were like redirecting me really drastically in certain directions. And, and, and one of those things was joining our, um, our, our training, our, um, really yeah, absolutely. Or I hadn't, I had an, a loose intention around honing into my intuitive gifts and the email appeared from um, the Nirvana school and I hadn't followed Deganite at all. And I just liked the colors on the branding. And I said, yes, <laughs> without ever doing any sort of research in it. And there, which I'm not recommending that way of going about your life. No, I love this because that is yeah. how it is. Right. Where you make a choice and you don't even realize why you just know you have to do that. You have to do that thing. And, and so I think the more we can get curious around that, really be a little more directive around that, um, the more powerful our, our, our guides and spirit can, um, put us in, on the path we need to be on and help. And yeah,
0: absolutely. Okay. So I'm, I'm going back to like, when you said in college, because it's funny when you said like, I turned it off a little bit. I remember making a conscious decision. Like this was in my thirties though. Like, and I was, there was just, I had a lot of change that happened in a short period of time. So I felt like I was like underwater. Like I was just trying to like, you know, get up, survive each day. Right. Like do the thing. And I feel like I made a conscious decision to shut it off. Because I was like, I can't. Like, it felt like frivolous in a way. I didn't. Mm-hmm. It's a weird thing. I don't even say want to say it was a very conscious decision. Like, I'm doing this. But I remember turning it off, and I remember feeling like I don't know. It was weird. Like the magic was gone. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? I, you were younger. You were going to college, so maybe it was a different experience. But like, can you explain that time? Like, you notice a contrast between when it came back strongly? Yes, absolutely.
1: Um, so my whole life, I felt like an outlier, right? Like I could wear the same clothes as other people. I could do the, I could be, you know, captain of the lacrosse team. I could get straight A's. I could do all, check all the boxes that should have given me a sense of belonging. And yet I felt like I never belonged. I just felt different. I felt like I can't quite get this life thing together the way the popular girls can or the people who seem to be happy can there's something sort of wrong with me and so i really kind of made a conscious choice like i want to just be like everybody else i want to have you know the perfect marriage i want to have three per- perfect children i want the white picket fence i want th- i thought that if i arranged my external world a certain way i would get to sort of i would get my Club card. I would get my, like, I can be just like everybody else card. Yes. And so I really was, that was my plan <laughs> that for happiness was I'll just create my outside world to look like a, up to a certain standard and then I get to belong. And what I found was my, right? So the plan was to have children and then my eldest child was born and she has, um, She's developmentally disabled and has extraordinary special needs. And, and she's the greatest blessing and the greatest teacher. I have, I have to say she, she, is an, she is an angel that's come here to, to teach us and everyone who meets her really powerful lesson. So that's my, my daughter, Campbell. And what I realized was it's not about my ego having a plan for success. It's about what, and I use the word God, but if source or universe, whatever's more comfortable for people, that's just sometimes the word I fall into is that that God had a different plan for my life. And I, it, it, there was a period of accepting around that, but there was no denying the presence of, of angels, of guides, of helpers from the other side when she was born and, um, and it became undeniable.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that makes sense, right? When you're in a place where you're, you're overwhelmed by the situation for them to come through. And I hear that a lot in people's stories. It's like, they just come, it can be more obvious. Like if you're not reading the subtle signs, here's like a big, here are some bigger signs to help you get through to know you're not alone. Right.
1: Right. Absolutely, and and I mean this is kind of a cool little. So I had been introduced to a neighbor when I was pregnant with her, who was a medical intuitive, who who said something about her having special needs and having an issue and with her brain possibly. And my daughter has seizures, and she has a mitochondrial disorder. Is is the sort of loose diagnosis, but that medical intuitive took me to another psychic, who was you know, I I call a very powerful psychic. Well, we're all powerful, but she said to me that my daughter would walk a special walk and she would have her own unique path. And, um, and that then I would have twin boys who were just sort of like your all American boys. And so when I was pregnant with her, there was part of me that was really open that I was bringing in a unique child. and. And when she hit, I felt her soul incarnate when she was born, which was a really cool experience. And she was perfect, quote, perfect. She was be- beautiful and looked healthy. And I was like, what What the heck? Um, I wasn't disappointed, but there was part of me that disconnected and I had a hard time Um Bonding with her, and there was some postpartum stuff, and then at ten weeks, her she started to have seizures, and it all started to kick in. And it was like there was part of me that um, knew this is absolutely in my soul contract to step into this role to be the mother of this child, and um, and then and and I wavered back and forth between being absolutely solid in that, and then. And being absolutely solid in my faith that there was a bigger plan, and then I would have moments where I would, I would be in a little bit of a collapse and feel completely alone, completely without support, struggling to make meaning of all of it, and and I would kind of have these moments where I was able to be so connected to it, and then these moments of really grief and disconnection, and my human self really struggling. And and I think that's also really normal that we right, that we we so believe and then we so don't believe and have that why am I forsaken feeling. Yeah. You know, I think
0: that's be. we're yeah. humans. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, I was joking about this. Cause I joke about these things. It was like, I I'm like, I either feel like I was royalty in a past life where <laughs> I was just being carried around and fed and I'm, ha- I'm struggling. I'm like, or I'm remembering, you know, the life beyond this one in mm-hmm. the spirit world where I can just snap my fingers and things come to fruition. And now I struggle being human. You do. I mean, those emotions are their own teachers and they are sometimes really. Difficult to go through. But like you were saying before, it's almost like you can speak a different language or to people. You've always had this, but it seems like this is sharpening almost like a tool for you. Right. And by the way, okay, two things. I'm sorry, I get excited. Bring yeah, yeah, your yeah, story yeah. and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> my breath is this. It's like a ping pong. So let me focus. But like, one, when you said you have the medical um, medium. Neighbor, mm-hmm. and they brought you to the psychic. Were you seeing psychics before this? Was this a tool that you were using and open to?
1: Yeah, it's so funny. I was, I, so when I was a teenager and I had a wonderful stepmother who was so w- wide open with it, I was really into it. And then I got afraid of it. And my ex husband was very curious about it, which is interesting because once I really got into it, he hated it. <laughs> but um, he, I was initially a little bit afraid of it. I, I think a lot of us the first time we see a psychic, or we, you know, when I talk to people and I'm turning that on, it's like, I don't wanna know, I don't wanna know, I don't wanna know, because we feel like it I think there's part of us. What I love about most of the psychics that I've seen is there is that sense of. Support and love around everything that happens to us. And that even if we're being told something about a relationship that we don't want to hear or a challenge that we might encounter, that it really it's because it's going to be okay. And we're it, it right. I think people have that the first time they talk, don't tell me I'm going to die. Don't tell me the plane is going to crash. Like, and we don't right. see, we don't, as, as clients, the client is never going to hear. Something that they're not ready to hear, right? You know, they're not going. They're not going to get some sort of doom and gloom that that causes them to get stuck, right? It, it's right. it's for our evolution. It's for our guidance. And um, but yeah, so I was not open, and and yet really quickly, I started to be on board with it. And, um, and so part, so to kind of give you a little, like a little arc of how I got to the Nirvana school, um, mentorship with you, Rose was I, so I had that little bit of a, that really struggle and grief and, um, um, yoga was the only thing that helped me feel clear and centered and balanced. And I've been a lifelong athlete, but like the working out thing didn't work so well for me anymore. And so I found yoga and I, and I, and talk about these things in life where you just end up somewhere and a choice is made and you don't even realize, know how you made that choice. Um, I ended up in a yoga teacher training with a, um, a nationally renowned yoga teacher, who's also an addiction recovery expert and was using yoga as a tool to deal with our company, you know, all the, all the ways we, um, we try to self-soothe through unskillful means, you know, our shopping, our alcohol, our, our sex, our, you know, whatever it is that we, that causes, that pulls us off the path. And he was very keyed into, he is an intuitive who is very keyed into using intuition to read a human body. And one of the things we learned, I did a 200 hour and then a 500 hour training with him was we went through the Caroline Meese book, Anatomy of the Spirit, which is about the chakra system and understanding a human life through the chakras. And we I learned through him how to read a body and what was happening in somebody's life by what I was seeing in their body. So the way they would hold their shoulders would indicate to me a sense of defensiveness and a closed heart. And then I would just get an intuitive hit like, oh, this this woman has a really... Sad and painful relationship with her spouse, and oh, yeah, that spouse is cheating on her. And I would be able to know people's stories by looking at their body and the way that they were holding themselves or the intensity that they were using in a, in a yoga pose. And I could tell that they were just so intense and so driven and so perfectionist and so hard on themselves. And I would be able to read sort of what was happening in the landscape of their life by looking at their bodies.
0: That's incredible.
1: That was really cool when I realized that that was spot on. And, and also what was also happening is as I began to understand myself and my own patterns, I could be able to read it in others. As I was able to own my own shit and the, the unskillful, unhealthy things that I did, I could read it in other people with compassion. So it's like when you, when you can own the stuff that you've done in your life that, that has been off the mark you can read it in other people really well, or at least that's what helped me be able to really read it in my, my, I'm a health coach now. So it really helps me read it in my clients and it, and
0: so. And that makes um, a lot of sense though. Like I'm as a hairstylist, I remember one of the things when I first started, it's always funny to me in my life, like it's about everything. I mean, I loved doing hair, but I learned so much more by doing hair. That was not about hair. And it was seeing all these people, like when you're describing that, it helped me in a lot of ways, because, you know, you, you see people that you think have all these wonderful things going on. They're beautiful. They have, you know, money or whatever in my head. And then they come to you and they share all kinds of things. And you think, oh, wow. Like you get to see this other side of people. And it made me have more compassion for myself. Like, no, we're all kind of doing it, but you, we could talk about this and I could say understand that intellectually but it wasn't until like I started doing that and really seeing it for myself that it really helped me understand yes. and as I was able to grow like you're saying then I feel like I was able to pass that along too and so it was this kind of back and forth healing and growing with everybody that i that came to see me
1: absolutely and they find you right yeah you know you end up in professions where you're abilities as an empathic listener are useful to not right because it's like yeah hair becomes therapy mm, right oh, I know you know and and it's no no accident that you find yourself in a role where even though you're not you know you're not selling yourself or marketing yourself as a psychic, although you and I have talked about you being the psychic hairstylist, which I think would like so awesome. <laughs> um, but like um you end up in professions where you're helping in that way that that gift is useful. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, uh, yeah, it, you realize all pain is the same, you know, all my stuff is your stuff. Um, we, there are those universal commonalities. Um, and that, that's such a powerful connection when you can be with somebody and hold the space for their experience without judgment, to me, yeah. that's that's Christ consciousness. That's love. That that is like you know what the Buddha talks about. It. It's really then you're really vibrating at an intense frequency. It's it's so cool.
0: It really is, and it's it really does like fill you up. I think this is when they say when you're in the flow, it doesn't feel like work anymore. Like, right. right. It fills you up in a way too. But is yes. this kind of g- going into your work now? Are, yeah. So I'm taking it then. This is, you're using that, like the skill that you learned. I was on your website and you mentioned this guy's name, the one that you're talking about. Is it Rolf Gates?
1: Yeah. Rolf Gates. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the guy yeah. you were taking classes with. So right. did, is that what kind of led you to become a coach once you started seeing these things?
1: Yeah. So what happened was I, um, and now looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, source was guiding me through e- each little experience we have leads to the next experience, and somehow it's going to be, you know, you, we we work hard and we we make our life into gold, and then our gold is used, right? Mm-hmm. The the like the energy that we put out is never going to be wasted. The universe is going to put us in places to use all of that. So um, yeah, so I. I didn't know I wanted to be a yoga teacher. I just went because it was healing for me. And then I found that I could teach yoga, like, like instantly I was a teacher. It it just, I didn't have to, I I did work at it and, and I worked at the skill, but it was a natural, it was absolutely like fit me like a glove. And so I started teaching and then I opened my own yoga studio, um, and kind of, but up against my limitations that I had around money and around some of my other tendencies, and and that was a great learning experience. Um, but not, but ultimately ended in um, closing my studio. And I, but what I loved about it was being of service to my students, and they kept coming up to me randomly in the supermarket, they would find me and send messages. And and they kept saying to me, I want to keep working with you, you know, the stuff that you would say in class about healing the body and healing the mind and healing the spirit, I I want to work with you. And I didn't have any program or any format to to do that. So um, I went to a health coach training program again, For me, because I was suffering with body image issues, I was a perfectionist, and I, again, like perfect the outside so no one has to look at the vulnerable insides. And so I went to the health coach training to heal myself, and found instantly that I was getting clients um, without even really marketing myself. And then that health coach training, my my first niche was sort of body image. Became I then did a year long mastery of transformational coaching program. And then, so, when I jumped into that, it was really being able to coach on on anything on money, on love, on um relationships and 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 then I layered in some of Carolyn niece's works on archetypes and um and transforming our these our sort of survival mechanisms into really our destiny and so I had started to do. Use my intuition in that coaching work, and I would always sort of tell my clients, "All right, I'm, 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 if you're open to it, I'm going to give you um, a read on this and tell me if it resonates for you." And it always, it usually did. And so I realized I'm understanding things here that they haven't told me, and I just know. Mm. And. And I would be able to reflect it back to them. And it was really helpful for them. And so I had this very loose intention around doing some sort of psychic training. And I didn't know if it was going to be astrology, which I I love that as a a understanding, a system of understanding. I I didn't know what else I wanted. And then that, quote, random email popped into my inbox from our, our, um, our mentorship. And I just said, yes. And it took, it just took off. And I, I love these moments. Like we, when you do something and you step in and you get, and it's natural. Yeah. It's just like, oh, it's just natural. Yes. You, you know, it's, it, you start to I, I love it. that.
0: Yeah. You yeah. know, it's well, because right before we press record, I want to share this too. Cause I'm like, you were talking about you know, after you had your daughter, it's like, you know, your spirit guide stepped in, like maybe you were unconscious for a while to it, but it's still there and it's still working through you no matter what Mm -hmm. you're, I feel like, you know, you have, your spirit guides are there for you, whether you're paying attention to signs or not. But the difference is when you start to pay attention, you do get these little (laughs) crumbs of information. And right before we got on, I was telling you how I had my coaching call with Monacy, who's the first guest on my show and she's awesome. and I was talking about my own struggles with body image and all this stuff. And then I go to your site and I know you're a coach, but it's that your whole story was this, because it was, you were talking about how you were this lifelong athlete and how you were trying to control this outside image, which is so easy to get caught up into, you know, like when you're feeling out of control, anything, it could be anything, but it's like you try to control the things, you know, it could be an outlet. If you're in the right place, or it could be the thing that's causing you more harm and more trauma if you're fighting these things. So there's this fine line and it could be so tricky. So it's then, of course, I to me, I was like, of course, this is the thing that pops up. I'm talking about it. And then me and you get on and I'm like, you're this is the work that you're doing is this transformational health coach. um, And I, I want to say too, like, cause we're talking about the program. I witnessed your abilities. And this was like mind blowing too. Like, so in our class, and I'm explaining this for everybody who's listening, we would do readings for each other. Dagonite would like throw us into doing a reading right away. And I know personally, that was intimidating to me. Cause like, even though on the surface, I was like, yeah, I want to learn this, but I instantly started to doubt myself, like, well, what's coming up? <laughs> like, is right. this right? Am I just making this up? Right. You yeah. know, but it, it was great because you did just get into it and you get past all of that stuff and you just start to like, trust what's coming up. And you say, yeah. whatever. and you did a reading with Terry, who was your partner. And she was asking about past lives she had with her son. And I think we were yes. all like, our jaws were dropped at the end. It was one of the most beautiful readings that you gave her about all the different lives she experienced with her son. And, and so wild too, because you're like, where is this information coming from? You just obviously yeah. so tapped into it and it came out of you so beautifully. Like you just said it with this kind of trust and confidence. And I was like, it is, it is that these things do just flow through you. But that was a glimpse to me of how it works for you. And that's why I was like, there is, you have a, you were saying the powerful psychic, but it does show up. I feel like you have that power and you <laughs> stepped into it. And it's kind of amazing. So it's neat right. that you're doing this with the body because I think a lot of us have harmful ideas about what we've been right. And so it could be hard. Like you want to open yourself up, but you try things and it's, an, it's the same old thing in a new package and it's just doing more harm. What it sounds like to me is you're really able to read people. I think that's beautiful and so needed. Yes.
1: Oh, thank you for, for that um, affirmation around the reading that um, I did for Terry about her her son. Um, so I'll I'll get to that in a second. But yeah, you know what I found was that right? We're we're mind, body, spirit, and 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 we are here on this physical plane, having a human experience. We bring with it all the energy of our ancestors. We bring with it the energy of past lives. So when I look at a human body, I see it as a hologram. So it's like, yeah, you're here in flesh and bone, and there is a physical part of it. And then there's a like a, a, a psycho-spiritual energy around it where I can see your patterns that are kind of swirling around your body. And then, right, the pattern, the behavior patterns and the and the old stuck survival mechanisms that we fall back into that cause our self-sabotage. And then what was really amazing was then I realized I could look into where it was in the past, what is on schedule to activate for you in the future, and kind of be able to understand, oh, so tell me about like, you know, working with a client and I'll be like, well, all right, so mom, there's some stuckness here and it has to do with mom. Tell me about what that was. Mm -hmm. And so to kind of cue them into them being able to find the breadcrumbs on their own path. Um, but what I found was that, and what's, what's true for me is that when I am, this is the body is the temple, right? It, and if we don't feel good in our temple, or I found this to be true for me, if I don't feel good in my temple, then my connection to the source is not, source does not flow into this temple if it's not in balance. And mm-hmm. if it's not feeling good for me and being too rigid and too hard and too perfectionist didn't feel very good and being too, too soft and too fluffy and, and being too much in the ease d- doesn't work for me, that there is a balance that really works for me. And when I am in balance in my body, because I'm a sort of very kinesthetic person and I'm an athlete, like somatic, what am I? I don't know. I, I just, I, I sense a lot of things in my body. And once I um, was able to bring that imbalance and what I love to do with, with my clients is like really get imbalanced in the body because that's when our connection to source really flows. And for me, when I don't feel connected to, to divine energy, I know that the answer to access divine energy is where am I out of alignment in my body? Where's my self-care suffering? Where are my boundaries with certain people in my life, um at out of whack? Where are the what are the things that I'm doing that aren't consistent with what, what I value and what's important to me? And when I can really ground that in my body, it's like then, then the divine energy flows for me. Yeah. So you that's, know that's that's how I work. And that, <laughs> like, that's what I look for
0: balance though too, because balance I think changes. You know? So like mm-hmm. this, this is like, you're constantly checking in with yourself so you can adjust or like do the, what do they call that? The, um, I don't know, but constantly being checked if something's off. Okay. Where yes. you need yes. to adjust? So if the balance, maybe it's more movement or more whatever, or less. Right but it can yeah. change, I'm guessing. And there's always a balance. Yes, yeah,
1: change. absolutely. What works for us in our 20s, you know, I was in my early 20s, I was playing college lacrosse. And then I was running like intensely. And and there was a way, you know, running when I had small children, like I need, that was, pr- pr- that was appropriate in that time. And then my hormones changed in my 30s and I needed more yoga. And so I really am Im- about intuition in the body being able, what I love to guide my clients to is to like, what do you, what intuitively resonates for you with food and exercise? Like I can load you down with diet and exercise theory till you are, you know, blue in the face, but it doesn't do you any good if you can't test it out in your own body and know that, yeah, this is sustainable for me, you know? diets don't aren't sustainable exercise programs we hate aren't sustainable what's sustainable in the body is when it it just puts us in that state of flow and that state of 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 grace with things um you know i wanted to go back to that something that um you we talked about in the reading that i did for terry um and you know so i was just saying how the body can be a battlefield where we're like at war with our body. We're at war with the reality of our life and we're taking it at, we're punishing ourselves for, you know, for it. And what was really powerful, and I didn't anticipate this when I did that reading for um, somebody in our, in our mentorship. So your, so your listeners know, um, I tapped into the thread where she had many, many lifetimes with her son. And they had been incarnated in different relationships. And one of the relationships that I read was one in which they were brothers. And what I felt, what I felt flushed through me, and I think maybe you felt everybody who was watching. Yes, we had this download of love mm-hmm. flow through us in a way that just was like, I've never, I've, it has it was miraculous. It was a miracle to have that sort of download of love. And what I realized in that I think the point of me having that experience so everyone could witness it was that that love is, is what's real. That love that we have with a child, with our, a beloved spouse, with, um, a, a, the, our dearest friend, we've been through these lives many times with, uh, with these, we incarnate so that we can have this love and, and when the love separates in this lifetime, there is grief, but ultimately the love carries through from lifetime to lifetime. And I mean, how incredible if we can have that same sense of love about ourselves, that We feel for our children, for our beloved partner, for, you know, our pets our you know, all these, that, that love is what's real and we can step into that in our bodies and fully own it then we can resonate that we can just start to be that light for other people
0: I do believe that right there too is that healing part so if you're able to be in that it affects people around you so much and like you really do create the world you're in like when you're and I and it's funny because it's like I wish I could be in that state all the time that's just not how it is I get frustrated or angry. And it's, um, then you're like, get back to the love. And even that becomes a task. I'm, that's like <laughs> right. one of my struggles in life. But wh- when you're talking about that with Terry, when you were doing that reading, like Terry was crying, I think mo- multiple of us were yeah. crying in that time. Cause yeah. you're right. It was this strange thing where we were all, you were just kind of suspended in this moment together. It was unbelievable. It really was beautiful. Yeah, And it was a feeling.
1: Yeah. It was a feeling. Yeah. And I would have people in my yoga class tell me that they would get into that space in when, when I was teaching. So it is like, we become the channel, right? We just become the vessel and it's pouring through us. And our job is to get out of the freaking way and let it happen. And, you know, when you talk about really stepping into our psychic tools, Somehow, and I don't know if it was explicitly said in the mentorship or what. What I did was my technique for sort of like coming, be going from being intuitive to being psychic was I just started to like just blindly trust everything that I was hearing or seeing or having a sense of knowing and just regurgitating it instantly without any filter of and and finding that more times than not it was on point or it really resonated or landed and and that became sort of my tech technique which is not a technique it's just like if you see the color blue say blue even if it's you know that's no, just the, the grass is not blue you're like no how can why am i saying the grass is blue? you know like it doesn't make logical sense.
0: It's so true. And I think that was one of my limiting things that I, it was funny because I was so face to face with it in that time. Cause it's like, I believed it for everybody else. I had such a hard time believing it for myself. Yeah. Right. So where does that show up elsewhere in my life? And it is funny <laughs> because like, yeah. I do think the more I trust it, the more you're just like, yes, just keep going. And it might just be something you're playing with. And it's, but it's yes. teaching you a, or it's leading you to something else, you know? So, um, I tend to like, like to overthink or not, I hate using that word, but like, you know, I like to ponder all possibilities. So sometimes I can get stuck in that, you know, and, um, learning to trust this was kind of like this wild thing. Like you don't know right? and let it right. go and just, trusting it and it's it really does bring such an ease into life because I didn't think I was a controlling person but I realized how much I am trying to control all these different aspects of life right so yeah. it was yeah. and I love that you say that because um I think ultimately it just is so healing if you can come from that place anywhere in your life just learning to let go and just being like okay I'm going this way and I'm going to trust it
1: Right. Yeah. And, you know, I love something that, um, Carolyn Mies. So when I went through a very painful divorce and I had the feeling of being in the upside down and in the unknown, it's like, you're all of a sudden in a space where like, there is no logic, Now everything that you think you've planned and you've created this little construct of safety around all of a sudden, like completely falls through. And you're in the upside down, and you're in the illogic of life. And what I learned was that's right where Spirit has us in the palm of oh, the hand. You know, like the the less logical it makes, sometimes the more it is the very thing that's on, that's on point. Oh, so that's you know, yeah. right? It's like. Um,
0: like a little bit of comfort too. Yeah, absolutely. You're feeling so lost that you are especially being. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I really, I love to work with people who are really having that sort of dark night experience because when we're in the dark night from my read on that is that we are absolutely put into those moments of crisis and chaos because out of chaos and out of destruction, comes creation, comes something brand new. And I believe that part of our soul contract is that we will go through dark nights in order to deactivate old patterns and bring our new patterns online. So when I, you know, I was um, married to an, an addict alcoholic, and I was the perfect little codependent control freak. And when I went through my dark night, what i what I learned was how to transform that codependent perfectionist control freak into really my authentic self. and yeah, I still have um, moments where I, I struggle with being in the unknown, but more and more it's stepping into the authentic, our authentic self and meeting each moment um, from that that space of our authenticity and
0: um Everything you're yeah. describing, that's something um, my coach, Manasi Kakaday, she, she talked about that too, because I did go through like what you're ex- describing. I had this period and it felt like so long too. And all of a sudden I didn't feel like I could relate to myself or anybody else. Like I, I, nothing felt familiar. So I was really struggling and she talked about just this. And it did bring me so much comfort because I, it really did feel like the death of, like I, I thought I was like messing up somehow. Like, how can it be this right. strange? Or like, where am I? Like, how do I not make sense? And everything you're describing is kind of what she was telling me too. Of, you know, it has to be destroyed for the new to come in. Right. And I loved that because it was the first time it felt like an empowering thing, as opposed to this thing that was like it felt like destroying me. But yeah, an old part of, of me was dying. Like I was grieving yeah. that. Like because I didn't understand her anymore. Right. you know i didn't see it that way cuz when you're in it or going through it it's like you can't see it so for somebody to shine a light on that it gave me a little bit more like hopeful and like okay i'm still in the right place i'm still doing the right things it didn't yeah. feel so hopeless yeah but, you know oh and i'm sorry the, no, when no. you're talking about um earlier about being in that light and i i'm going back again to the reading yeah um elizabeth gilbert the woman who wrote eat pray love Mm-hmm. She has a really good TED talk, and I don't even think I've watched the movie Eat, Pray, Love. I've, I feel like I've seen bits and pieces, and I've never read the book. But she has this really good TED talk. It's there's so many parts of it that I love, but she talks about this part. Like one, she says, like you know, if we can go back to just believing that we all have geniuses, not you're a genius, but like this little thing that comes and shows up, like. for a creative person, like you can't always take all the credit, you just show up. And then if your genius showed up, then you (laughs) create this work of art. But if it didn't, well, you're still showing up. It's not your fault completely. You know, it's to not like get so down on yourself. But she talks about how like in Spain, when you see dancers and they're like lighting up the dance floor and everybody's feeling it, right? Everybody starts clapping and there's, they're saying ole, ole, which she was explaining, like kind of translates, it used to be Allah, Allah, like a glimpse of God. Mm -hmm. And i was like, Oh, how cool. And she's like, you know, and then the next day the dancers wake up and they, their knees are hurting and they're back (laughs) into their old, because you, sometimes you're all connected in this moment and you feel it. And then it's like, you want to like praise whatever it is. Cause you get that like moment of connectivity and it is, you're just being bathed in, in love and light.
1: Yeah. In, in yoga they call it samadhi and it's union with the divine and and one place to access that is doing what we love um I, i'm a snowboarder and there were moments where i would i would be you know it snowboarding through the woods on a on a powder day and slipping into those moments of union with a, the divine or um people who, who love to bake or love to create or paint, or um, there are moments where we slip into that union with the divine and, and, and right. It is magic. And then it's like, and then you go out on the next day to, to do the same thing and it doesn't happen again. And to me, I, cause I was actually it was funny. I was coaching a client who was like, you know, I always want to be in that space of that union. And I, and I hate when I'm not, and I hate when I'm grouchy and I hate when I'm yelling at the traffic and, and why can't I just always be in that ascended place? And what I told her, what, what's my experience been is go back to Mm self-compassion, right? Like go back to having a sense of lightness around your humanness. Right, because our human self starts to go, "I really always want to be part of divine, and there's a way that that's authentic and real, and then there's a way that our ego judges when we're not and makes it bad and wrong and makes it uh, we're now a problem and now we're a project, yes. and now we're broken yes and and it's like to go keep going back again and again to self compassion around that, yep, yep, you are the crabby mom who's you know. Driving to soccer and the traffic is terrible, and we're running out of gas here in North Carolina. And you know, it's like, oh
0: my gosh, yeah,
1: yeah, you know, like right. All of a sudden, you're a human again, and and the that to me is our invitation from source for self compassion, and that's always the guide back to union with the divine when we are off our center. So we are going to make unskillful choices we're going to gossip about somebody when we didn't when we knew better we're going to make do the thing we're not supposed to do yes. that help, that makes us feel disconnected and to always go back to how can i love myself through this how can i be with myself and hold space for me to be imperfect the way we hold space for other people
0: in our life to be yes. imperfect I love, yes. You know, and one of the things that's helped me is that I, to remind myself that I chose this experience of being human. I'm not (laughs) here to escape being human. Oh my gosh. It's, I'm
1: sorry. It's like, it is to me when things make me laugh now, that always means like there is really high truth in it because it's like, it's just, it's the ridiculousness of the, of our life. Right. And not to call us ridiculous, but we are, we're oh, silly, agree. funny, weird yeah. creatures. Yeah. Like my dog makes more sense to me than I do sometimes. Um, but yeah, it, um, it, it is so like, we are under soul contract to have certain experiences and, um, and, and I think this, did I say this before we turned on the podcast? The thing about, you know, you get information from a psychic and they say like, you might get something that's like, oh yeah, if you go down this path, there might be this kind of an e- energy there and it's not great. And, and then you do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's because we absolutely are part of our soul contract is that we are on schedule for certain learnings and to master certain experiences. So even when we have information from a psychic we still got to go through the learning sometimes. Absolutely. We still got to go down the road and, and learn the lesson.
0: And really to me, like you keep coming back to love and self-compassion. I do think that's where it's at because you're not going to escape those, but can right. you know, change is if you can soften how you feel about those moments, you know, you're still going to experience emotions and all kinds of depth. But if you're like, Hey, that was kind of funny or that kind of sucked. You know, if you talk to yourself right. in a different way or if whatever that means to you, self-love for me, it, right. it, it, I talk right. My entire yeah. place. So if it's more mm-hmm. playful. And I imagine I do think of like the inner child and I talk to it like a, a child as opposed to like, Hey, you know, like if I'm more loving towards it, those things, I, it doesn't feel like such a hard thing to get through that. I can laugh it off or I can just be like, maybe I just need to take a nap. Right, or and I am able to get back to my center, and it's not holding me down as much, you know, right? because it is yeah,
1: and,
0: and what i what I noticed in the
1: especially during our mentorship was when I did things that I used to beat myself up over and I found compassion, how quickly guidance and support was right behind it, like so sure. one of the examples was I hit a parked car. was <laughs> stupid, I was listening to loud music. And like rocking out of my car and I was parallel parking and i and I went like, he, um, head in instead of tail in and I scraped oh, back of my car and I scraped the other car. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm such an idiot. I don't have the $500 for this freaking deductible. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm such an idiot. I'm such an idiot. And I wanted to make myself so bad and wrong and punish myself. That's, you know, how can I punish myself for this mistake? And I parked the, the car right there i called the police they came and i was like forgive yourself forgive yourself everything that you know christ said the last thing christ said is forgive them father for they know not what they do and the first thing that the buddha says is forgive everybody everything and it was like forgive yourself first like just forgive 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 and by that afternoon i talked to my insurance company and they said oh it turns out the other party has the exact, has the same insurance And so we're going to waive your $500 deductible. And it was like, the support was right behind that self-love and self-compassion. The the healing, the remedy to the problem, all of that was like right behind self-compassion
0: and self-forgiveness. That's beautiful. It is like that. That is so funny, right? Because it is like every opportunity is a moment to give yourself self-love, even if it seems impossible or you feel like. Punishing yourself is the right <laughs> thing to do. I mean, okay, I laugh about this, and now you were talking about beginning of the conversation, and this is something I was thinking of. So, I grew up Catholic, and I still have lots of family members that are very religious, and I respect that. I do believe spirituality exists within religion, but religion isn't necessarily spiritual, right? right? Yeah, definitely. And I, I, you know, from a young age, I was like, oh, this is just not my thing, but I didn't realize how much I internalized. A lot of that. So it's funny to me how I keep coming back to this because this idea of like God or otherworldly, and even though that's an old idea, it was this external thing like, oh, you should fear God or you should, you know, punish yourself. I think part of that felt in a way like I needed to do that in order for my spirit to be in line and to do the right thing. And it's so not that. And I, to, that's one of the, you know, it might be different for everybody. And this shows up for a lot of people, whether they're religious or not. But I, to me, that was like a direct link <laughs> to yeah. religion, which was supposed to be the spiritual thing. And I'm like, it's, it's the right. opposite.
1: Yeah. And I have, I have like such a range of um, people in my little circle, like my really closest friends. And 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 one is a, a Catholic who really finds magic and mystery and beauty in Catholicism and and then I've got friends who 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 refuse to use the word God and they're much more comfortable with source or energy or something like that. And and to me, I say yes to all of it. Right. I, I'm kind of like, yeah, there are moments oh, yeah. where, you know, to me, it's finding the essence, the essential yeah. energy in whatever you want to call it. Like a name is 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 a name and whatever you want to call it. However, and you know, it's kind of cool to, to think about, I believe we're all here to sh- reflect our own individual light about it. And this mm-hmm. is where I, you know, really get out of the place of right doing and doing with people, because I think ultimately people are here. Like if, if the universe is like this diamond that reflects all these different colors in a prism, we're all here to reflect different colors. And sometimes we're reflecting purple and sometimes we're reflecting red or green or yellow. And so we're all here to be unique and to add our own unique beauty to the world.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. When I was struggling with religion, I know there was a period in my twenties where I was like really more you know, like had a hard time with certain things that I was hearing, it wasn't an experience I was having within my family. I do feel like that's why I, like what you're saying, like, I know it exists for some people, like, and I don't judge that, but right. There was other things that I really was having a hard time with as a whole, you know, don't mistake the trees for the forest or don't make mistake the forest for the trees. Right. Like as you can criticize maybe the idea of something, but it's not necessarily always like the individual that needs to be judged. But somebody did tell me, and I always, this always sticks with me. And I love this because I think it, like what you're saying, it helped give me balance about these ideas when I was like really upset with a lot of things that I was seeing in certain religions um, is it's the spirit of. The letter, not the law of uh, the law of the letter. Right. Something I can't even remember. Right. But I was like, oh, right? What yeah. Is oh. The essence. And it's not, yeah. don't get so hung up on the words, which I think often happens, but that too is just so human, right? And I can have compassion for that, you know? So um, it's funny because it really does change the whole way I see it, right? We are, like you're saying, we're all here to learn. And right. so, whatever it may be. We're
1: all operating in the world of form. Like part of why we're in these bodies is we need to have an experience in the world of form and material. And then there's the formlessness. Mm -hmm. And when we create an identity around form, we miss the formlessness. So we create an identity around the structure of a religion or we create an identity around the structure of our bodies or we create an identity around all these different things that are built in the world of form and 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 then we become if we're open we start to tap into formlessness and we tap into essence and we tap into that which can't be seen but we but we just know right and and how do you know spirit because you just know it right yeah. how do you know it doesn't require a justification And we, we start to own what we know because we know it. We, we own our own truth about it without having to attack, defend, or justify, but to just simply be.
0: That's so beautiful. I'm going to add that now, that visual, because I'm like the form to formless, just that idea it Mm -hmm. is funny, like how you come in, you're trying to create this identity. And then a lot of it is letting some of that go and learning to let go. Beautiful. That is so wonderful. I love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, to be, you know, we can be grateful for the world of form. I'm grateful, um, for, um, for, you know, um, for financial support. I'm, I'm grateful for, Healthy food. I'm grateful for the things, and I'm I'm grateful when there's some luxury and some ease in my life, Um, and and then to be able to dip into that world of formlessness. To kind of, to me, it's not about being in one or the other, but doing the dance, Mm -hmm. the dance of of both things. Um, You know, you can get really off into the world of formlessness and, and be like, well, if I'm going to be really spiritual, then I don't need money. If I'm going to be really spiritual, then I'm, um, you know, did going to be in denial about the world of form. And, and to me, we're allowed to, have, it's a both end. It's a, we get, we get to be with both. That, uh, yeah.
0: I my the whole thing. I'm like, I'm speechless. You said it perfectly. I have nothing to add. But you know, this is, and I'm bringing it full circle now back to the whole psychic thing too, because I think mentally this was, I know, something that I, I had, I was thinking about a lot lately too, as much as I was open to this idea of other people um, being psychic or, you know, have being intuitive. I know I had my own intuitive experiences, but it was hard for me to embody. And I think part of that too was the form I created. I'm going to use your language right now around what a psychic was. And I think there's part of this liberation for me of owning this and even doing the psychic salon is um, accepting that part of myself, accepting that as a whole for everyone that we have this energy that it is just intuitive and part of our nature. Like I always, I keep using the example of like, um, animals when there's like the tsunami, when they went to higher ground, they didn't question, right. it. They just knew and that doesn't seem so crazy. Like animals have an instinct. Like we have these ways of connecting to each other and to be able to trust that. And I think even though, again, I'm not, I don't think I thought This was affected me so much, but part of it is is like growing up with this idea of what a psychic is, and I had been to psychics. I had had my Akashic records, very similar to you. My mother always like at a young age we would go to guided meditations, or you know, there's little parts of this world that showed up in my life. Not that I put so much energy into it then; it was fun, and I would keep up with it. But it was, um, a little bit. I don't know. It, It wasn't like a a serious focus for me, but um. then I realized like, oh, all the movies I watched about witches or psychics or, you know, in religion, you, people always say it's evil and you shouldn't know these things. So those little things were like planted. And I'm like, I, I realized how that hurt me though, because it's like these external ideas cut me off from my own intuition and fully trusting it because I had to be more logical because that seemed more valued. Right. Like that's important too, but like opening ourselves up to. This other part of ourselves, like whatever, this part that gets buried. I keep saying the yeah. same words. I feel like I'm losing my, yeah. my but yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I think it's no accident that we are going to encounter, like part of building our psychic muscle for a lot of us is being challenged about the things we're most talented about. Mm-hmm. Like I've heard um uh this this famous singer, oh, and he tells a story about he's got the most, he's a voice of an angel. And he says something about like his choir teacher telling him he could, not, he could never, he was a terrible singer. Right. And I think, I think Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this as well, that, um, that we're going to be our, our greatest doubts are going to be around the things we actually have the most talent for. Wow. So a lot of us are absolutely part of our destiny is to be like Elizabeth Gilbert's a great writer. And somebody tells her she can't write and she's a terrible writer, right? Like we're part of our destiny from where I sit as a coach and can read it in people is that the the things that you are most challenged to develop are the very things that you are that is part of your destiny to to challenge, to, to develop. So, um, yeah, there's absolutely like no accident in my mind when you, you know, you get those, you, you get those moments where, where doubt creeps in about the very things that you're most talented
0: about. I love that you even said that. Cause I, and this is funny to me. I have two friends who always like would jokingly say like, Oh Rose, you're the best storyteller or you're the, there's something they just say, you're the worst storyteller. And I'd be like, I'm the best storyteller." And it's always, like, funny. <laughs> Cause I go off in all these different directions. So now I feel like I'm going to use this little part just to be like, Hey guys.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Just so you know, you know how bad I am at that is actually how bad I really am. (laughs) It's all Storytelling.
0: I love that though. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense though. Right. It makes a lot of sense. You learn through contrast. So Mm -hmm. how would you know how important it is unless you are right. Pay attention to it.
1: Right. And if it was easy, you, you know, it's like, it has to do with building our esteem and our, and our sense of selfhood and, and our sense of authenticity. It's like, if there's, if there's too much ease in it, yeah. it, 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 it there's no traction for learning.
0: Right. It gives it depth. It gives it a depth yeah. that maybe you wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. Understand.
1: Yeah. And, and having said all that, I'm really one of those people who like, you can vision board all day long, but like, I'm never going to be an Olympic gymnast. Um, I could vision board about being an Olympic gymnast. I could try to manifest being an an Olympic gymnast all day long. And it is just not in my destiny, right? It's not in my soul contract. I'm not on schedule to develop that in this life. So I think part of the discerning is being realistic with like, right, to to know what we love, to know what our passion is for, to, to be in tune with that. And working skillfully with that doubt, but also having um, a sense of this is my purpose. Somebody else could be a great Olympic gymnast. That's their purpose, but it, that's not what I'm here to, that's the not the light in the prism I'm going to reflect in this lifetime. And I can kind of let go of all of that. So
0: that's beautiful. It is like, well, wellness has its own external things now that everybody's shooting for, right? We hear a lot of buzzwords, so they can get often misunderstood, right? Like, well, if I just put this on my vision board and think hard enough, but really it's <laughs> like, it's still not really being in touch with yeah. Just for yourself. Yeah. I feel like you gave me so much. This is like, I, I feel like I'm buzzing right now. <laughs> and the gift of you, even just talking to you, it's making me, and I think this is the gift of when you step into your own light, it allows other people to mm-hmm. see that in themselves. And you absolutely do that. Like, I feel like right now I'm like, I want to write <laughs> a bunch of things. like, I'm getting all these hits, all these things where I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to write about that. Or you're giving me all this information to like think and ponder about. And, um, uh, oh, I feel like, so like lit up right now.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Rose. Um, I, yeah. When, 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 you know, when two or more of us are gathered, that's when the energy becomes, um, it, we start to really acknowledge each other's light and increase the vibration. So. Um, you know, I think that's such a great reminder that we, we all need to be in community with each other within communities that resonate and where we lift each other up and we create um, what we create together is so much more powerful than what one person can do. So I'm so um, feel very blessed to be here with you and you're doing that every week. So um, with Fun. these podcasts, so. Um,
0: and I want to, I have one final question for you. Um Yeah this is just always just like this is for me to strengthen my own psychic muscle too it's just to ask in the moment not be too prepared and just ask the person the right question for the, the right moment and i want to ask you where you're at in life right now what's the what's the one thing that you're doing that helps you every day in your spiritual journey that you feel like is making the most impact is there like it could be like yoga or maybe it's a way of thinking or a mantra do you have something that you're Doing a lot more of
1: I have a I have a self-care regiment um that is you know I do the gratitude journal I do the the prayer and this one's kind of embarrassing because it sounds so <laughs> this no, is I funny though I'm <laughs> like you know what I'm doing I am doing I'm taking I call this the, my little spirit nap where I'm putting on these um Meditations um, from our mentorship about astral travel or about chakras or about the aura. And for some reason, they make they they put me out in this like incredibly um, deep, wonderful, restful nap state. And so one thing I'm doing to build my psychic gifts is I'm taking time out in the middle of my day. Every day, I build in about a half-hour window where I can take my little spirit nap. And when I'm done with napping, um, it, like I'm probably gonna nap probably for like the next couple months, I'm thinking. And then maybe that'll turn into, to um, I do a seated meditation anyway. So maybe it'll turn into something where I'm more um, consciously aware of the, but, but that is the goofy little thing that I'm doing every day that's a luxury. And I, I've never been given myself Permission to nap my entire freaking life, even when I had little babies who you know were up all night and I couldn't sleep. So to me, that's the ultimate act of self care, self love, and um,
0: your spirit connection. (laughs) I love, but you were saying embarrassing. I was like, "What did you going to say?" And then you're like napping. I'm like, "Oh my god!" I love this. I love that you call it a spirit nap.
1: This right because so I'm putting on these little spirit meditations, and I'm I know in on some level I'm absorbing it, and so.
0: Oh my god! Um, yeah, uh, that's fun. This is like a new, <laughs> I'm going to be like, I love napping already, but I'm going to do spirit naps. <laughs> it's, let's call it a spirit nap. Oh, and uh, awesome, Marcella. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank you. I really appreciate so much you taking the time. Wow. Like I know, like one of the other things is um, I'm getting a lot of feedback. People are listening to this, and I people I think crave having these types of connections. I really am so grateful. I think everything you've said is going to be resonating with lots of people. Um, And I also believe that all the right things that were needed to be said today were said. So thank you for doing that with me.
1: Thank you so much, Rose. Many blessings to you and to um, everybody who's listening. Ah, And to you too. Take care.
0: I just loved the conversation I just had with Marcella. I hope you guys did too. She um, has me buzzing with ideas right now. And I think after this, I might be going to take a spirit nap of my own. <laughs> um, and if you guys do it, let me know. I'm kind of excited about this whole idea of spirit naps. Um, thank you for that, Marcella. So you guys, if you want to follow Marcella, she is on Instagram at marcella.coaching. Um go follow her there. She's always talking and giving like really beautiful insights into things. I find her posts to be really inspiring. Um, and if you're interested in booking a one hour long um, coaching session, it's a complimentary coaching session with her. You can go to her website, which is also listed in her um, bio on Instagram, or it's just, it's Marcella and you can um, check out her site there, check out more about what she does and then book that coaching call because I have to imagine it's an incredible experience working with her. Um, Until next time, you guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate everyone who listens. And um, I love getting all the feedback and how everybody has been feeling excited about stories that they've been hearing. Um, And that's kind of the whole point of this. So please keep reaching out. And if you ever have a story you'd like to share, definitely let me know. All right. I will talk to you guys later. Bye.